Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. So I knew I wanted to get in some teaching about deception and about some relationship stuff. And so that's in Matthew 22, like about verse 14. So I knew I was going to try to do that tonight, but I'm actually going to do that next Tuesday. So then the Holy Spirit woke me up Friday morning at four or five in the morning, probably four. And he just started downloading to me, um, I was asking him, Lord, show me where we are. Show show me what we're supposed to do. You know, is this the end of the end times? You know, things are looking really rough, right? And if you don't know that, you're just still asleep, to be quite honest. And I'm like, Lord, just show me where we're at. Just give me something. And um, let me tell you something. There is no grace for dread. Okay, there's no dread. There's no grace poured out by God for something that you are thinking might be happening or scared is going to happen. There's no grace for that. So you've got to get up each day and say, Lord, give me the grace to walk out today. You get the grace when you need the grace. You don't get pre-grace to not, to not, um, you don't get grace for dread or fear. Grace does not come into fear. Grace does not come into dread. Dread is fearing something that's not even happening yet. It may never happen, okay? So there's no grace for that, okay? What's grace? Supernatural empowerment by God to bring you into your promises and get you through everything, okay? So, so right now, there's no grace for anything outside of what's really happening in your life, like right now. So most of us still are eating fine and uh, have our stuff and we're paying our bills, right? So there's no grace for provision beyond that because we're getting we have the grace for what we need amen that same grace will be there no matter how whatever's happening in the world amen unless we begin to look at fear and doubt unbelief and dread and then what happens is it blocks grace it stops the flow of grace well we don't want that to happen right so so i i I was like, just tell me, I said, with the news being so bad and this happening and two million illegals in and now a new disease that they're letting come in through the borders probably and and they're bankrupting our nation and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, and then, you know, the whole thing about uh, formula. And, And the truth is, it really gave me a heart for all these people in these nations who do not have enough nourishment to breastfeed their own babies. And I really started thinking, not only does America waste money on the stupidest stuff in the world, the church wastes money on a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. And so so I'm very thankful that God has given us an opportunity to take care of orphans. I'm very thankful for that. 
it's one of the best things that we're doing. And, um, and I just want to encourage anybody who's watching this or going to see this, get your church involved with taking care of orphans and widows somewhere. It, because what we're watching in our nation is what is happening. It, it's because of the church. People have to get that. It's because of the church. So we're going to be taken care of if, you, if you're part of what we do here because God has already has us sowing into um, all these kind of things so that we're going to reap when other people are reaping a bad harvest. We're going to reap a good harvest. Amen? And, and that's sincere. His laws. Dread gets us out of understanding his ways and his laws. So I'm sitting here this one night because I, I listened to too much news and I was like, Lord, just, you know, just give me something. Because my thing is, Lord, I'm okay. Whatever we're going to go through, you're bigger than it. I, I know it. I just would kind of like to know what it is. So it was so cool. So he turns, he, and so the Holy Spirit says to me, um, I'm going to show you something in the new covenant. Don't go to Jeremiah. Don't go to the, the, the old prophets. Just let's, I want to show you something here. Anyway, and we're going to get into this maybe Sunday. But, uh, I know one thing I was saying, Lord, why? Everybody knows people are really guilty of horrible things and nothing happens to them, you know, and there's Psalms where David says that. But I said, Lord, is anything going to happen to them? I know they're in trouble when they get before him. Amen. But I'm just like, Anyway, and so I'll, Sunday I'll be showing you how he got me into this teaching because it was about woe to the Pharisees. And it talked about the whole thing. Well, when I finished him showing me this, it was so amazing because it actually starts at what I'm going to start at tonight, which is about people being invited to the marriage supper. And then it ends. Remember the chapter parts and the names? People put that in there. That wasn't in the letters, Okay. That, that was just put in there by people. Nobody, I don't even know who knows which letters start when. You could tell if, if it's the same author because if it's in the book of Matthew, it was the same author, right? So then it ends though, the party gave me ends right on the parable about the virgins having oil. So it's kind of amazing that he says, when I'm asking him, show me the season, show me where we're at. He starts with the invitation to the wedding feast or the wedding supper. And then he ends with half, and with all the stuff in between, and then half, including Jesus saying what's going to happen in the last days. And then he ends with the part about half the church does not have oil and will not be at that supper. And I believe that's where we're at. I believe we are at the place we're going to start tonight. And I believe he's going to show us what to do and how to live in the days we're living in. I, I, I believe this so much. I'm extremely excited about preaching it because I usually get more when I preach because I just read it a couple of times and the Holy Spirit just pours it into me. And then when I start preaching it, I really start seeing really clear what he poured in. So join me. In, and plus, Karen needs some radio preaching. I haven't preached in a while, so I've got to talk a little tonight, you guys. All right. Matthew 22, and um, I think I'm going to do it in the uh, Tree of Life version, which is like a Jewish version, but you can follow in any one you want. If you can get e-sword, I would get e-sword. Okay, Matthew 22. Yeshua answered, can I tell you this? Jesus loves it when we call him Yeshua. 
when, when we were having that worship the other night and uh, Stevie Mitchell started calling him Yeshua, the anointing just intensified. It's kind of like if I go to another nation and they call me Cindy, but in their language, I'll, I'll learn to respond to that, right? But if they call me Cindy in my language, then, then you're all ears. And his name is Yeshua when he was on this planet. Amen. And, and so I don't know why they have to change those names. Most of the other names they don't change. Right? They just give you those big old long names you can't pronounce if you wanted to. But anyhow. So Yeshua answered and spoke to them again in parables saying. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who made a wedding feast for his son. I. It's kind of interesting when it talks about the kingdom of heaven, it's mainly Matthew, if not only Matthew, who talks about that. So that would be a really good um, thing for somebody to study. Because what is the kingdom of heaven? So what would the kingdom of heaven represent? It would be God's kingdom just as because he operates from heaven, right? He operates from heaven. He has his own kingdom in heaven. He has his, his angels. He has the, the saints who are already there. You know, he has all these things. There's a whole kingdom there. And he's expanding that kingdom uh, in a big way in the day we're living. Amen? So Jesus Christ came to bring people into his kingdom. Okay? He, he didn't come at that point to reign here like he does during the millennium, he actually came to increase his kingdom. So I want you to get a kingdom mindset, amen? And this is serious. You need to recognize I'm in a different kingdom. So if I really get that in my spirit and I get I'm in a different kingdom, then I'm gonna operate led by Holy Spirit, amen? And in his kingdom, his principles and his laws and the way he does things are is what's going to work in my life. And when I got born again, I became, I became his, amen? When I got born again, I had his divine nature placed in me and now I am part of his kingdom. You're not part of his kingdom till you're born again, okay? When you're born again, you are part of his kingdom. You are in his family. You are, you know, you're his servant, you're his infant child and and you're going to mature in this kingdom amen so when i'm looking at what's happening in the world i need to get a kingdom mentality because seriously not because i need your money this is a really awesome time to be tithing this is a really awesome time to be giving we're giving more now than we've ever given as a ministry because god's showing me you need more when when um one of our speakers came who's writing a book and the Lord had us give the whole offering to her that day. And the Lord's like, you need to sow into that because your book's going to be coming out not too far from now. Amen. He told us, you know, hire and we hired Talia to edit and get these books out faster. So, so this is a new season. Okay. In the can I just tell you this? You have to do it by the kingdom ways for everything. Now, he's so fair because in his kingdom, one person could give this amount and get a hundredfold that on it. And someone else could give uh, a different amount and only get, you know, 30-fold on it. Either way, you're increasing, right? But if you only have, if you're, if you're only able to give a dollar above your tithe, and he goes, you know what? Let's give them a hundredfold on that. 
And somebody else who has a lot of money, they give a dollar and he goes, give them 30-fold. Do you see what I'm saying? He's got this. He's got a system that we wouldn't even necessarily say was fair in America because he gets to choose if you're going to get a 30, 60, or 100-fold, and there's one place where it says 1,000-fold on it. Now, I don't understand what folds are and all that stuff. I don't really care. I just know he's going to give me more than I put in. <laughs> Amen. And he's going to take care of all my needs according to his riches. So in America, in our citizenship here, my needs are met according to my husband and my bank account. The ministry needs are met according to that. Of course, but because we're kingdom people, we tithe, we give. So we got two things operating. But if I didn't know God, then all my needs have to be met from my own bank account, right? But I am a kingdom person. Therefore, everything I get here, if I give him a tenth of that, the tithe, I'm telling him and I'm telling demons, I'm telling everybody, devour, stay away. My God is in charge of my finances. And that's actually God's way of you making that decision. You shouldn't have to be talked into it, conned into it. You need to have a right heart. If you don't want to give it, don't. But I think it's a pretty good deal. Amen? Plus, we should want the gospel to go forth. Okay, and you put it where there's good food, spiritual food, for real. And so, so I just say this because we got to get this picture and this whole thing that he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. Now he says, now this particular part of telling us about the kingdom, he goes, let me compare it to, let's, let me show you the kingdom of heaven based on a king who is, who has planned a big wedding feast for his son. Okay. So get what he's saying. Don't see those cute things. God is showing us, this is something you need to know about the kingdom of heaven. And so you can understand this. Let's say it's going to be, because we know it is actually going to come out down like this. Amen. There is this powerful king, the most powerful king ever. And he is planning a gigantic wedding feast for his son. The marriage supper of the lamb. Amen. He's going to have this great big celebration. So what's he saying about heaven? Heaven wants to expand and honor the son of God. Heaven wants to expand on this earth to bring forth a people who will want to come to a wedding supper for Jesus Christ. He sent out his servants to call all those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they wouldn't come. So just put this down. Who are the servants? Pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and apostles are servants. Plus every single person in the body is called a servant. But he specifically sent out his fivefold servants, I believe. To, and what, so what should they be doing? What should they be doing? They should be inviting you to the wedding feast. You can go to churches and never hear about it the whole time you're there. Not even know what they're talking about. Be clueless. And yet God says his whole kingdom, one major feature of his kingdom is there's going to be this big wedding feast for Jesus Christ, his son. 
and his servants are supposed to be telling you about it and inviting you to it. If anybody cannot stand before God and say you were not told about it and invited to it in this house. And I hope this gets out there on the radio and some pastors listen because you are called by God to be telling people about it and inviting them to come to it. Okay. But the people wouldn't come. So we have two problems here in the church in America. We don't have many people telling anybody about it. We don't have the servants we do have some. We have some in the prophetic. We have some like when uh, Stevie Mitchell, when Steve Mitchell comes, you know, there, are, there is a pretty big group of people, Stacey Campbell and them, who know about this and really invite people. Amen? But there's a lot of church that has better wake up and understand this, right? So we're in a place of God shaking everything to wake us up to a revelation that the wedding feast is soon. It's really coming. It's really something that's going to happen. And the servants need to be inviting the people. But even then, those who have been inviting the people, most of the people didn't want to come. Well, look around. Look at how many people aren't here. People who want to come should be filling up churches that are telling them about it, that are preparing them, that are getting them ready, right? They should be so hungry to be a part of this gigantic plan that the king has for his son. Look at all that his son has done for us. Look at all the father's done for us. And we can't even come and say yes to the invitation and then be prepared. So then he says, again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who were invited, look, I prepared my meal. My, ox my oxen, my fattened cattle are killed. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. Just come on. Now, I'm just going to add this in there. Maybe one of the reasons we keep being threatened with the shortage of meat and we're seeing the price of what would be served at this wedding feast going through the roof is maybe because the church is not responding to wanting to be a part of this powerful wedding supper for the son. So maybe we're being hit a little bit with, you won't get to have it in your house that much then. Maybe we haven't cared enough about other nations. Maybe that's why the enemy's able to pull some of these things he's pulling and cause a whole younger generation to think they're so horrible. even though they've come in under so much lies. Amen. All right. But paying no attention, they went away. One to his own farm, another to his business. Though the servants, and I believe we're going to see this more and more as we get closer to the return of Christ, his servants are going to be starting to talk about this. His servants are going to begin to recognize he's coming soon. They're going to start looking at end time revelation. They're going to see the wedding supper of the lamb. They're going to begin to get hungry themselves, some of them. And there's going to come more and more of a cry to, why don't you come? Why don't you come? I, I, believe, I believe what you get when you're fed the word of God 
and the anointing of God is you're getting kind of a foretaste of something awesome we're going to have for the rest of our life. Amen? But we want that real in the church. All right. But they paid no attention. Like the people watching right now, but they're really looking at Facebook and kind of glancing up every few minutes at this or whatever. Or they're watching something on TV and kind of watching. Oh, oh I've heard this. Oh, I know this. Come on, we've all talked, maybe none of you. I've talked to people before and didn't pay attention. That doesn't mean I have to pay attention to everything everybody says. But I ought to pay attention when God himself is sending the anointing on people to invite us to something very powerfully important to God. It is important to God that there is a people who want to come to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Can't you feel it in your spirit? It's like he's like saying, wow, this is a really big event. He's really inviting us. He really wants us to come. He really wants us ready. I'm kind of getting excited by it. You know, we always have this little tiny concept of, but think about it. And, and I believe, and you can get in the book of Revelations, and I'm not going to argue about this or not, but it looks to me like this happens in heaven before he comes back on his horse with the people in white, pure and in white linen behind him, because I think they're the bride. I personally believe the father took part his wrath on his grown sons and daughters who have chosen to attend the supper of the lamb by having oil and their garment. We're going to talk about the garment in a minute. And while the father is pouring out his wrath on all those who did not want to come and all those who chose the harlot in darkness over the, uh, over, instead of being the bride of Christ, He's going to pour out like on the days of Noah. Amen? And I personally don't believe that the bride is going to be there. I do believe half the church will be there. I do not believe that the bride will be there. I would almost go to say that that is outer darkness where there's gnashing of teeth. Because when I read the scriptures about hell, it talks about fire and a worm that won't die and some of these other things. And it's not called outer darkness that I know of. Outer darkness means you're very, very far away from God. Well, during the wrath being poured out on the earth, you're going to be pretty far away from God if you're not at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, for those who think we're here all the way, I'm not saying that could be like the day before. It doesn't give us an exact date, okay, of how much. It doesn't matter to me because I'm going to be protected and in his presence no matter what. But I'm going to tell you what, I don't want to miss this supper, not because I want to escape the wrath of the Lord, I don't want to miss this supper because I want to be there. I want to be a part of this bride. I want to be a part of this gigantic celebration of seeing face-to-face -face all of us celebrating him. You think we have awesome technology here? I guarantee you they got some stuff in heaven that's going to blow us away when he stands there in his wedding garment. And here's the bride. Whoa! And we're all there, you know, all dressed properly. We're going to talk about that. And we see him. There's going to come such unity in that bride, in that body, such a joyous, joyous time and celebration. My goodness gracious, it, there's nothing on earth that gets close. So I want to be at that supper. I want to be there because the king, the father God, is doing this for his son. And I'm going to have oil. 
I'm going to have oil. I'm going to have it. Y'all can do what you want. I'll be here Friday nights on the floor soaking in oil. I soak in oil at home and I just bring it here and spread it out. I mean, you've got some sold out people to God. You've got some sold out people to God full of oil. We have oil gushing off of us for years. Somebody, oh, I'm, I'm looking at Facebook right now. I'm looking at social media. I'm, I just come because, because I don't have anything else to do. Well, you won't get into this event because you don't have anything else to do. You'll get into this event because you want to be there. Because you want to see Jesus in his wedding garments. You want to see him walk out. And this beautiful, spotless bride, full of unity, full of love, full of fiery desire to be one with this awesome God. Amazed. We're not there for the food, though I bet it's going to be good. We're there because when he walks out, can you imagine the party we're going to have? Oh, my gosh. I'm not missing it. I'm not missing it. By God's grace, I'm not missing it. Well, how are you going to get there? Just stay hungry. Know when you're not hungry. Do whatever it takes to stir yourself up to hunger. And let me just say this. For those who are sitting on that side watching, I'm so glad you're there. But if you're close to this church or you could get to this church and you choose to be there instead of here, I don't think you're hungry. Now, there could be exceptions to that. And I'm not trying to shame you. It's not about shame. It's about a real reality. Why aren't you hungry? I love the presence of God. I love the presence of God. I go home and sit in the presence of God for a couple more hours after I sat here for four hours in the presence of God. Then I wake up in the morning and get in the presence of God. And then the devil today gave me a stinky dream and I took care of him. He's ticked off. He's like, dang, she's, got, she's just so oiled up. She got oil dripping all over the place. Are you boasting about, you know, I am boasting about a king who is having a marriage supper for his son, and I get to be invited. And I'm not going to be too busy with ministry, with business, with shopping, with lux cruises, with whatever else. I'm not going to be too busy. See, if I'm not too busy now for whatever he's telling me to do and when he's telling me to do it, I'm pretty sure I'll have ears to hear when he calls us. When I've already decided he's calling the shots, not me, in every part of my life, amen? That doesn't mean, that can look like fun for people too. I knew I was supposed to be in Nagshead. I knew he gave me three beach days. I knew, you know, I'm not saying, this isn't about bondage. This is about, is it him leading you or you leading you? And get real. And get healed and get delivered so you know it's him leading you, Amen? Y'all are going, I can tell this is going to be a long time preaching. She's only in verse 3. All right. 22.5, but paying no attention, they went away, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest of them grabbed the servants, humiliated them, and killed them. So there's coming, as this invitation's going out, there's going to come a really big uh, move of persecution. And they're even going to want to kill and shut up those who are telling them about the wedding supper of the Lamb. 
Because this is very specific what it's talking about in this particular part. Isn't it kind of exciting that he would probably be talking about this powerful wedding feast as we're getting closer to it? Wouldn't it be amazing that he is stirring his people to say, are you going to come? Are you going to come? Do you want to come? Are you going to put on the right garments? Wait till I show you the part about garments if we get to it tonight. It's really cool. All right. So there's going to come a great persecution as people begin to preach about the wedding feast. As people begin to preach about the bride getting ready, there's going to come great persecution against those servants. Some of them will die according to this. Some of them they'll try to humiliate. Now the king became furious. Remember in this one, the king, we're talking about the father. Amen. Father God is going to become furious. Ooh, he's going to send his troops. What's his troops? Angels. He's going to begin to release his angelic troops. And Jesus as, as, the, as the leader of the host of armies. But the father's going to be saying to his son, I'm not putting up with this. Send out the troops. So we're going to have a lot more spiritual warfare going on in the heavenlies. We're going to have a lot more angelic visitations. We're going to have a lot more of angels being actively involved with getting things ready for this marriage supper of the Lamb. Isn't this powerful? It's kind of cool to be getting revelation about a thing that's, that's probably coming really soon that's going to bring us into the millennium. And, and it's kind of exciting, isn't it? It's exciting to me. Send it, okay, now, he's going to send his troops. He'll, he's going to destroy those murderers and set fire to their cities. Judgment is coming to the nations. Judgment is coming to those who try to shut up the revelation about the kingdom of heaven. To those who persecute those who are promoting this holy bride to get ready, to get oil. That the whole world will not understand and they're going to start killing them and shutting them down and persecuting them. God's going to send his angel army and he's going to come in and destroy some of those cities. Where do you see that? You can see this back at Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen? We're entering into a time, you guys, where the church age is ending and we're walking into this super biblical time that you see in the book of Revelations that looks more in some ways like Old Testament when you see the things that are going to happen on the earth. Amen? But God's preparing us and he's calling us and even these angelic hosts his troops coming to cause destruction and judgment is going to cause many people to cry out to god it's going to cause people to pay attention how many gotta admit COVID caused people to pay attention and the bad thing is the minute we think a crisis is over we don't pay attention anymore so these birth pains that we're going to see in the same part of scripture in a little bit we're not going to get to it tonight. These, th this is happening. We are in the birth pains. What's the birth pains? Okay, I'm trying to get them to understand that there is a wedding supper. I'm trying to get my servants, my 
faithful leaders to preach it, to teach it, to live it, to help them to see it, the musicians to begin to flow in it, people to do what needs to be done for people to have the garments. And, and the world is going crazy and falling apart. Amen. And angels are involved with some of that. Amen. And everything is changing. Can we all say amen? And it's changing because the father is getting those who say yes, ready for the wedding supper of the Lamb. He says to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those who have been invited already, they're not worthy. So go into the highways and the byways and invite everyone you find to this wedding feast. So what's going to happen in this? We're seeing the judgments, right? We're seeing, we're seeing all kinds of things happen. We're seeing some violence. We're seeing some things happen. And the church, it doesn't sound like a lot of the church is going to be interested in the wedding feast. So the father's going to say, okay, then. We tried to fill everything up with them. He knows exactly how many people are going to be at that thing. So now, what's going to happen? What is this? There's going to be a powerful move of apostolic evan um, evangelist. It's kind of funny because, you know, Stevie, when he was doing the thing, he was mentioning a lot of this. And that was before I read, or I had read this, but I didn't get into this kind of detail till right now, to be honest. I'm, I love preaching because I get it while I'm preaching. There's going, to be an, there's going to be a Holy Spirit outpouring of an anointing to evangelize. We want to be part of that. As a church, we want to be part of that. As a human being on the planet who wants your family to come to this wedding feast. Let me see this. Those who don't come, and if they're left behind, seriously, in the wrath of the Lord, how many of them are really going to say no to the mark of the beast? They're basically going to have to die almost, unless they live somewhere way off the charts. They're going to almost have to die either of starvation or being imprisoned or whatever if they don't deny Christ and take the mark of the beast. This isn't kidding. So we need to not take it so lightheartedly that God wants to have an outpouring of his spirit to go and invite them while there's time. Amen? So we need to really be praying into that. We need to pray, Lord, send us some evangelists. Lord, show us what speakers I have who will stir up an evangelist. And help us to take and invite people. Help us to quit thinking people can't handle this. You, when you think somebody can't handle coming here, you're actually saying they're not interested in, in the marriage supper of the Lamb. How do you know what they're interested in? It's only by the Holy Spirit anybody could be interested in the things of God. Our part is to go and invite them. He never told the servants you have to make them come. He just said invite them. Invite them. Get excited about it so you want them invited. I know it sounds like uh, a wild thing, right? But doesn't what the devil's offering sound crazy wild? So why are we not excited that our stuff sounds wild too? Ours is good wild. Amen? Let's 
go into the highways and the byways and invite everyone you find. Well, who do we invite? Everyone you find to the wedding feast. All right, you know, take notes. This is, this is where we're getting to. He's telling us, begin to invite everyone to the wedding feast. It's almost going to be a new way to invite people to church. Hey, did you hear about this really powerful God that, that's up in the heavens who's going to have this gigantic wedding for his son and it's going to be this big party of all times and you ought to come to our church and hear about it. We, we're so funny. We think people can't handle it, but they're the same people who are smoking, drinking, a lot of other stuff, partying their little heads off. Why do you think they wouldn't be interested in a God who's going to have a gigantic party? We've so watered down the truth of the gospel that everybody's looking anywhere for something a little more exciting than a church with a bunch of rules. And it, we, we'll see this when we get in it. That's a Pharisee spirit that's taken, doesn't want to enter the kingdom themselves, so they keep everybody else out by making it look like it's something that's not. That's all in this teaching, but not today's. All right. So, and those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all they found. Now, here's what's kind of cool about that. Those highways can be in India, Uganda, the Philippines. Those highways could be right here. We need to pray that God would do something in this church to give us more people to go on the mission field, more people to go and evangelize, people in their colleges, people wherever. He doesn't want you to do it. He wants to do it through you. Amen. He's not asking you to put yourself out there. He's asking you to get out of the way and let him do what he wants to do. He wants to invite people to his wedding feast. You don't have to say it that way unless Holy Spirit says it that way. Amen? You've got to make, you've got to get a real excitement about Christianity yourself. I love it. I can't even imagine not being filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I can't even imagine life without God being this real. It would be so boring. We've got to get people free from the rules and regulations and condemnation and Pharisee spirit. And then you're going to live holy because he's holy. Like, I want to be holy. I'm not trying to be holy. I yield myself to his, I'm in agreement with who he says that I am. That's it. I think God knows better who I am than the devil. I believe his word tells me. I believe he can make me perfect by getting rid of all the evil. All he wants me to do is, is choose to agree with him. And then it's all real. But you got to get rid of all the guards. you got to get rid of all the hurt places. you got to let him heal you. Which we're going to see. This, this is so cool. We see how this ties in. So they went out to the highways and gathered together all they found, both bad and good. We've done really good with bad. Can we go get us some good ones too? <laughs> He's like, don't worry about their past. Don't worry about where they, just invite them. Just invite them. And here's the thing, the bad and the good 
should all be in the same building together. And watch what the Holy Spirit does. And, and really, we've, we've tasted that more than I think a lot of churches. Amen? Because I didn't get a choice. He only brought me bad and then a few good. A lot of the good leave. You watch those people come in all dressed nice and they look around. They like out that door before we even hardly started anything. <laughs> That's all right because they're the ones who aren't interested. But God's going to do something supernatural to bring the good and the bad because you're going to invite everybody. You're not going to say, well, this person's too fancy for our church and this person's just too rough for our church and this person. No, just invite everybody. That's what he's saying. That's not always what I've said, but that's what he's saying. And we're going to agree with him. Amen. Now, here's the cool part. When this has happened, the wedding will be filled with guests. So everybody, everybody, everybody said, when are you coming? When is, when is, when are you coming, Lord? And he goes, only the father knows. Because the father knows, hmm, the father's planning this wedding. The father's planning this big feast. Isn't that cool? He's doing it for his son. God writes such cool stories, doesn't he? Look, son, at the end of this, you go through all this, you do this, and this I'm going to throw you the biggest party. It's going to be a wedding. You're going to be one with these people. It's going to be so amazing. And I know exactly how many are going to be there. And we'll keep inviting them, and time will keep going on until we have that amount. Well, gosh, if we don't invite anybody, then we'll be on the planet longer. Do you want to be on the planet longer? I don't want to leave somebody out. Get excited. Holy Spirit, help me get excited. This is real. This isn't make-believe. This is the word of God. Amen? Amen? With the crazy stuff going on in our world, people should be able to believe this now. I'm just saying, all the crazy stuff in, in our politics and all, it's like watching a bad movie. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, this is such a bad movie. He said, yeah, I didn't write this one. <laughs> His is a good, amen? He's got this good movie. He's got this good storyline. And he stays focused on that. He stays focused. The father is just getting excited about filling up that wedding for his son. This is for my boy. <laughs> this is for my son. This is for you, Jesus. I'm doing this for you, Jesus. You died for them. You brought my family to me. You, re you made a way for mankind to be right with me. I'm doing this for you. We're going to throw the biggest party there ever was. And I personally believe, and you look at book Revelations 19, I believe, it's going to be right when the world is going through the worst time in human history. Now, I know some people don't think we'll be here the whole time. Good, let them think what they want. I'm okay. I'll be okay. If I'm wrong on the timing, I'm okay. But I do see them coming back with him before he comes back and does the... the you know, blood up to his thigh thing and all that, okay? He's coming back with, there's a big multitude in heaven. They're having some kind of party. I don't think they're having a pre, 
party. I think this is the party. Amen. And then I do think he's going to, I don't believe this is when he, I do believe when he breaks through the sky, every eye will see him. But I don't think my eye needs to see him. I'll be riding behind him. I'll be going, hey. I told you about this party. And he's coming back for the Jews to see him and be saved in a day. Amen. Okay, now here we go. I want to get you to this part. This is kind of cool. And then we're almost done. When the king came in to look over the guest, he saw a man there who wasn't dressed in wedding clothes. Friend, he said to him, how did you get in here without the wedding clothes? But the man was silent. He didn't have any reply. Then the king says to his servants, tie him up, hand and foot, throw him into outer darkness in that place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I personally believe he's saying, you're not going to get in. And if you somehow, I don't think you'll sneak in. I think this is a parable to say, this is how God's going to handle this. You have to have on the wedding garments. So I was praying about, well, how do I find out what the wedding garments are? I'm telling you all the truth. This is too funny. Oh, let me see this. Everybody always uses the scripture, many are called, few are chosen. This is where it's really at, right after that. The king said to his servants, tie him up hand and foot, throw him into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called to this wedding feast, everyone. But few are chosen. What makes you chosen according to this? You have to say yes. And you have to have on the wedding garments. So I was praying about this. And I was like, I thought, well, one time I read a scripture about white linen and turban. So I, I looked up turban and I found a scripture about it. And, and this is so funny because I didn't even realize when I turned to the scripture. Let me see if I can find it real fast. I didn't even realize where it was. Because I, I don't read that part. I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying I don't. Um, and then I saw where it says the bridegroom puts on a turban. Isaiah 61, 10. Now, I didn't catch that this was in Isaiah 61. If you were here when Stevie prophesied, he said this is an Isaiah 61 ministry. And our trademark from way back, we didn't know what we were doing, is we're in Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 ministry. One through. And so I'm sitting there and I get this revelation when I read this and then I go up and read it like, oh my gosh, you've called us to put the wedding clothes on your bride. We are called to get the bride ready. We've been called to do that from the day we started, not even knowing what we were talking about. How cool is that? How cool is that? So go all the way to Isaiah 61. And, and the cool thing is, most of you don't even know this, but our, our actual official government-approved trademark is Beauty for Ashes, Inc., and Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 ministry. That's our trademark for, I don't even know how long, since who knows how long, long time, 1995 or something. And, um, and so he caught, when he told me to name this Beauty for Ashes, I didn't know what he was talking about. I didn't know it was in the Bible. 
at all. I really didn't know if I knew if I was in the Bible. I was being prayed over by Reinhard Bonnke and fell out under the power of God. And the Holy Spirit said, beauty frashes, beauty frashes. And I had just written my book, Joy Comes in the Morning. And I thought, oh, that must be the name of my book. So I go into the bookstore at this big church and Joyce Meyer has a book that just came out called Beauty for Ashes. And I said, God, I can't call my book Beauty for Ashes. Joyce Meyer's just put a book out called Beauty for Ashes. And the Lord said, it's not the name of your book. It's the name of your ministry. I said, God, I don't have a ministry. He says, you do now. And he made me go that next day to a little print shop and get business cards. I never gave out. They were terrible. And it just said beauty for ashes and came up with that leg <laughs> and my name. I think that's all. I never gave up. But he said, go do it. See, some of you have to step out in faith and do what he tells you to do when it makes no sense. I don't think I ever gave a single one of those out. But I had to go by. I was embarrassed going to, I didn't even, never had a business card before. I'm like, oh, I'm doing a business card. Okay, what's your man? Back then, they didn't have the templates and all that. You just sat there and they wrote it in and put it together. Uh, beauty for ashes. I know that part. And um, I wasn't even incorporated yet because I just, God told me I had a ministry and to go get the business cards the next day. Too many people miss it because you sit around and you miss it. And he wanted you to teach this or he wanted you to do that. Oh, but the schedule. Oh, I don't have time. Oh, gosh, didn't I say something in there about being too busy or not paying attention? Anyway, it's never too late to make a decision to do what he wants when he wants because he's in charge of all that. He takes care of it. Monica's finally stepping out into ministry, for real. And I'll just tell you her story. She's probably watching. But so she, lo so she lost her job. Well, she needed to let go of that job anyway. It was in the way of her being able to minister. So she went and just quit. So it disappeared. They fired her. So she's calling me all whiny. Love you, Monica. And um, talking to Karen. And I said, well, God took that job, so don't go look for it. What? I said, well, you know that job is what stands in the way of you being a minister. So don't look for it. And then her husband, which I think is awesome, talking about a uh, husband laying down his life for his wife, he goes, he had a job he loves, but he went and found a job that pays the extra. And the Lord opened the doors like right within a week or so that paid the difference of what she used to make. So they're moving to Florida, which is to be near his family and her family. So he's very excited about that. And they're purposely going to find a house. And the market's great. They tried to sell the house a few years ago. You couldn't sell it. Now they can sell their house for a lot more than they paid for it. And they're going to buy a house that she does not have to go back to work to pay for. So if it's a smaller house, it's a smaller house. It's what you lay down to do what God's called you to. And, and so then she's already got someone invited, someone in the family has a business and they said, well, you could just work part time. And she's like, no. And her husband stepped in and goes, no, she's not working. She's going in full-time ministry. Isn't that cool? That guy's been trying to push her to this, but timing's worked out perfect and everything. And her son just graduated high school, so they're moving to an area. They found a good school system for their daughter and their near relatives. And, and it's like going that fast. Like she can't even believe all this is like that fast. And she could have sat there and think, oh, the devil stole my job and go find another lousy job and miss the entire thing. 
And she's been called to ministry for years and she knows it. And she's very anointed. So she'll be ministering here more now. She'll be able to come to things more. But, but I'm just saying, isn't God cool? So pay attention. Pay attention. Say yes. Everything's it's just, it doesn't, you, it doesn't just happen. You have to step out in faith. I'm not saying everybody's called to ministry, but some people are called to do some ministry here, and I feel like God's calling you to step into that. And then we've had a lot of people come in here and leave and, st and do ministry and start ministries, and that's one thing we do. But find out what he wants and go for it. So here, here's, here's what Isaiah 61 says. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of our God's vengeance. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore their former desolations. They will repair ruined cities and the desolations of many generations. Strangers will stand and shepherd their, your flocks. Children of foreigners will be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you will be called the priest of the Lord. They will speak of you as the ministers of our God. If you were here on Friday night, he kept saying this and prophesying this over us, having no idea about anything, of, really about our ministry. How cool is God? See, this was a really powerful weekend. And, um, and God was really setting a platform of, of where we're at now, what we're doing. And then to give me all this is really so cool. They will speak of you as ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of nations and boast in their abundance. Instead of your shame... He's going to give you double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will sing for joy. Therefore, in their land, they will inherit a double portion, everlasting joy. For I, the Lord, love justice. Isn't this something about justice? And that's the big word these days. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery. And I hate people robbing the offerings. In faithfulness, I will reward my people and cut an eternal covenant with them. Then their offspring will be known among the nations, their descendants among the people, and all who see them will recognize them, for they are the seed of the Lord. They are the seed that the Lord has blessed. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will be joyful in my God, for he has clothed, this is, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me in a robe of righteousness, like a bridegroom wearing his priestly turban, and a bride adorned with her jewels. So salvation is part of the wedding garment and wrapped in righteousness right where God wants you to be, right with God, right where he wants you to be and having a priestly turban. In other words, walking in the authority of a priest unto the Lord. Now, the priest in the new covenant is a priest unto the Lord. That means we minister to the Lord. We get, get out of just thinking about yourself and what you need and how what happened to you and, and how much you need him to do this. He's looking for you to begin to minister to him. So we're talking about worship. Real worship 
True worship is ministering to him. True worship is saying, God, I'm yours. What do you want me to do? What can I do for you? God, I love you so much. God, thank you for being so awesome. It's like telling him who he is and how wonderful he is, not to get anything, but seriously as a priest unto him, someone who ministers to him, someone who goes into the presence of God, into the holy of holies, and, and they, they, they worship him. They minister to him. They give him his glory. Amen. They give him his praise. Their whole being is about who he is. They lay down everything for him and they minister to the Lord. How, what an awesome thing that we can be priests. The Bible says priests and kings unto the Lord. We rule and reign with him. We have to grow up, everybody. This has got to quit just being about how hurt I am and what I went through. And it needs to be about who he is. Get free from self-focus and become God-focused. Amen? Just see him. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, this is funny too because I planted a garden this weekend on top of everything else. I, I came home on, I got back from being gone forever on Thursday afternoon last week. They came into town Friday I have waited and waited for these plants to come because I really wanted to do a butterfly garden in, in this little garden I have in front. It's not that little. It's 20 feet, 20 by 8 feet, 22 by 8 feet. And and um, the plants never came, so I, I, I'd had it. So I think it was Friday morning. It's Friday morning? Thursday night. Actually, I think I, it may have been Thursday night. I think Thursday night. I'm not sure. Anyway, so I went to Lowe's, and they actually had the kind because I had to get flowers that deer won't eat, which is very limited. And they actually had them on sale. So I bought quite a bit of them, 30, about 30-some plants. Okay, it's 95 degrees that day. So I got up early Friday morning, like like at 6. I mean, I was at Lowe's by 7. If you ever want to shop and there's not a lot of people, go to Lowe's at 7. Anyhow, and I got home, but by the time I bought everything, did everything, it was blazing hot, like 95. So I didn't care. I got out there, and it wasn't easy because, anyway, I'm just talking about my garden stuff. I had that fabric stuff down I put down 10 years ago. Oh my gosh, it had this much mulch on it, so like two, two or three inches of mulch, which only, um, uh, it wasn't mulch anymore, it turned into dirt, so that means um, weeds were everywhere. So I had to, anyway, so I had to get all that up, and you had to cut through the fabric and dig holes, and it was so much harder than just putting in a regular garden. Anyway, I literally did that all day. It's a lot of exercise for somebody my age, and... Um, and I'm praying, don't let me get a headache, Lord. I want to enjoy this meeting. Don't let me get a headache. So I did that all day Friday and all day Saturday in 95-degree heat. Came to the meeting, um, got in the presence of God, kind of took the edge off a headache. And Sunday, I was wiped out. I just went home. I did nothing. But Monday, which was 30 years since Lauren went to be with the Lord, was on Monday. I finished that um, butterfly garden on Monday. And I put the I had to put the mulch and all on. And... Um, and uh, it was like, it was so cool. And then this is the scripture. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, as a garden causes things sown to spring up, so the Lord your God will cause justice and praise to spring up before the nations. Isn't he awesome? 
I mean, he was even in charge of me wanting to do that garden right then. And then, and then if I had just stopped at the other scripture, I wouldn't have got to the last scripture. I want God to be this personal to you. I want God to be this real and this personal to you because he died for that. He did not do it to have one or two people who break through covering garbage doctrine and one or two people who break through into a deep relationship with him. It doesn't matter what the devil did to you. Amen. It only matters what Christ did for you. And it's time to believe him. It's time to believe him. It's time to let go of everything else. It's time to let Isaiah 61 really penetrate your whole being and become that person who has put on those wedding. God has put those wedding garments on you. Amen. And so um, next Tuesday, I'm going to be talking about it's so cool. This is so cool. God is so cool. Go back to Matthew 22. I just think he's so funny. So, so he's given me all this. I'm like, oh, I want to preach this God, but I've got to preach this thing you gave me about not being deceived. And I know I was supposed to preach that. So I'm reading along. See, I don't know where anything is. I'm not kidding when I say that. Y'all know that. I, I, I don't know if that's a gift or not, but whatever, it works for me. So I'm reading... So I finished the part we just did, right? So here we are. For many are called, but few are chosen. 22.14. And then 22.15 says, Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might trap him with the word. That was what he told me to preach on deception. It's the next scripture. I'm like, oh my gosh. Lord, you're so cool. We're going to start getting rid of the deception because you'll see Jesus says, Do not be deceived. So, so when I was praying about what deception thing do you want me to break people free from, this was like a week or so ago. He gave me this not, the next part of Matthew about when you use your words to trap somebody or manipulate somebody or get them to say what you want. And um, not that any of us have ever, ever done anything like that, right? Anyway, so we're going to get free from that next week. But do you know how excited I was when I read this? I'm going, oh, I really want to preach this. But Lord, you told me to preach that thing about the trapping people with the words. Remember, I don't know where anything is. And then I get to this. I'm like, oh, it's right here. It's in here too. So I know God has his hand on this teaching. All the way to the part, we'll get right to the part where Jesus talks about what's going to happen in the end times. By then, we're going to go through all this to get these things out of our heart. And we're going to get all the way to the part this series will end on the part where he's talking about the bride who has oil. Amen? And my prayer is, even as we go through however he works it to get free from these things of deception, it'll help us to have that oil. Amen? How, how many now feel like they've got a little more excitement for being really seriously taking this wedding supper invitation really personal and really seriously wanting to be a part of it and, and really... See, I know that I know that when he gave me this, and it's the first time he ever gave it to me like this, he's telling me this is where we are. Now, he doesn't tell how long it's going to be for that persecution. It doesn't tell how long it's going to be for the angels coming and destroying cities. He doesn't tell us how long, right? But he's showing us in this, we have stepped into that in a really big way. And so, so it's kind of exciting to me to, to study this and read this and see what, so what are you telling me? What are you, what are you telling us to do? 
And so tonight, lesson one is tonight, start paying attention. Go invite people. Get excited about a future with the Lord Jesus Christ. Get excited about a heavenly father who loves his son so much he's planning this gigantic, the biggest, there's no billionaire, trillionaire who's had anything close to this gathering. Won't that be awesome? And the people that you really love who have oil, who, who gave their lives for the Lord, I believe Lauren's gonna be there. I have no question believing that little picture I have of her in my wedding dress when she was just a little thing, every time I look at that, it's like, Lord, she, you, you are the only bridegroom she's ever had. How awesome is that? You know, and I just know she's going to be there. I just, I'm getting excited even because I'm seeing things more like, can you see us all dressed? However, he has us all dressed for that and seeing the people you love who you raised in the Lord. I'm going to tell you, this is the time to get serious about praying your children into the kingdom and not just taking for granted they're going to be there. Amen. This is the time to lay it down. Say, God, show me like, um, it was really cool when uh, Stevie was sharing his testimony, praying for his brother. You know, I, I don't think some of you seriously ever get real enough with God about some of this stuff to really intercede and cry out. It's time. It's time. It's time to get before the Lord. You know, even after preaching this tonight, I'm praying that the ones I love are going to be at that supper, not just make it through the wrath of the Lord and not take the mark of the beast, but actually, actually get excited and say, yes, I want to go to that banquet. And I'll just say this. If you don't go to church, you're definitely not uh, even probably a candidate for actually going to go to that wedding feast. You won't even get up out of your bed on the Sabbath day to go and sit with other believers and let Holy Spirit flow through you. He can't flow through you while you're sitting there just watching these. The Lord says in his word, in the last days, many will forsake the fellowshipping together of the believers. That's what he said. And it's a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. And whatever it is that holds you back from fellowshipping and gathering with the believers, just come and talk to me about it. We'll set you free. Amen. I'm sure it's spiritual. There's no condemnation in Christ. There's no shame. It's more like, are you going to play this game? Are you going to miss this powerful event? Now, now how's it going to work for those who are in heaven? I don't know. Maybe if they got in, but they didn't have oil, they're not going to be part of this. I don't know. Maybe once they got there, they got oil. I don't know. Amen? We don't know. Doesn't tell us. It does tell us that you had to be invited. It does tell us that you had to pay attention. It does tell us that you had to say yes. So the Lord knows all that. Amen? The Lord knows all that. No matter what, it's going to be wonderful when we're in heaven. It's going to be, well, it's going to really beat the heck out of hell. Amen? <laughs> I mean, if you're just, you know, kind of get in there, that's going to be all right. But we're not competing for, there's one person you're competing with for this. It's yourself. You're competing with yourself. 
Your crucified self is not going to get in the way of you having oil. Your uncrucified self is going to fight you with anything it can find to do to keep you from having that oil. Because the enemy's going to be, that's where he's going to be targeting. He's going to target your flesh. He's going to target your carnal mindedness. He's going to uh, target every hurt area that he has in you. Because he does not want you to be part of this event. Amen. So Father, we thank you. Lord, I just thank you by your spirit that you would help everyone in here to really see this. Lord, that you would help people to get completely free from any walls that they've put up. Any codependency in relationships or entanglements that cause them, Lord, just not to even know how to yield themselves to you. Not even know how to trust the Holy Spirit. They don't know how to see the goodness of you, Father. They don't know how to love your son. So Lord, we're here tonight and we're asking you to set us free. We're asking you to break through every wall. We're asking you to cleanse every place. We're asking you to make us holy because you're holy. We're asking you to have your way. We're asking you, Lord, please dress us in those wedding garments. Please. Please heal us. Heal all the broken places. Set us free from all captivity. If we go into the new covenant, it says, open our eyes where we're blind. Help us to know you, God. Help us to want with all of our heart for the right reasons to be at that wedding feast. not to escape the wrath that's going to be happening on the earth, but to see you, Jesus. I can't wait to see you come out in your wedding garments. I can't wait to see what the Father has planned. I cannot wait to see the scenery. I cannot wait to see the food or taste the food. I cannot wait to hear the music. I cannot wait to see angels who are going to be serving and the things that are going to be going on. I cannot wait, Lord, to see our loved ones who went before us, Lord God. Lord, I, I just... Lord, th just make it so real in all of our hearts and those who are listening tonight, Lord God, that, that this is a real event. And it's coming as soon as the last seat is full. That oil is going to be the magnet. That anointing in us, that bridal anointing in us is going to be the magnet that pulls us right off of this planet. Changes us in an instant. Puts on those wedding garments. And brings us to the greatest, greatest party. The greatest event in all history of creation how amazing are you God 
How glorious are you, Jesus. Play that song, um, that holy wedding song. Okay, I'm going to dim the lights. I want, I want you, I really want us all to see that. Amen? I want you to let God open your eyes to see that. I want you to let all your problems go. I want you to let everything go. You do not want what the devil's doing in your life to stop you from the greatest event of all time. You do not want what the devil's done to you to stop you from being at that event. Amen? Tonight, we are going to just let go. We're just letting go of the old robes, amen? We're letting go of all the unclean stuff. We're letting go of all the pain and hurt. And we're just gonna watch him take care of us, amen? We're gonna watch him cleanse us. We're gonna get a passion, a passion that everyone gets invited to that. And a passion, we're gonna begin to see our kids there. I'm telling you, begin to see your kids standing there in those garments, amen? Begin to see your spouse standing there in those garments. Begin to see it. Begin to ask God to give you vision for it. Don't look at what the devil's doing in their lives. Amen? Look at who God is. Look at who God is. Look at who God is. And let's begin to believe this powerful God is great enough to do this thing. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.